everybody, it's Dr. Jenny, and I want to say thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of my Health Hacks podcast. On this edition, we are talking about how men have hormones too. We, we tend to talk a lot about female hormones, and they kind of hog the hormone spotlight, if you will. Uh, things like menopause, PMS, perimenopause, all those things. Well, it turns out that men have some of the same issues as well. So on today's episode, we are going to dive in a little bit and talk about that. When I, I talk about male hormones, testosterone isn't the only one I'm talking about, but it is the predominant one. So that's that'll be kind of the focus of our um, discussion today. Testosterone in men peaks in the early 20s and decreases about 10% every decade. The first thing that I think we need to say about that is that is normal. <laughs> you are not physiologically meant to have the same amount of testosterone when you're 60 that you do when you're 20. And, you know, my husband and I have joked about that. Maybe that's so that dads and grandpas don't kill their sons as they're, you know, growing up because you're seeing like we, we have a, a an almost 12 year old son. And, and I can tell that it's ramping up the aggression and all of those things. So if you had two men in the house that had those high testosterone levels, you might be looking at a war zone. So anyway, just know that and consider that. And there is a, a condition called andropause. Maybe you've heard that term. It's very akin to menopause in females. And what, what that is, is that if you see testosterone declining more than about one and a half percent every year after the age of 30, then, then you see this phenomenon called andropause. So what that means is that we talked about a 10% decline per decade after you hit the early to mid twenties. But another way to say this is once you hit 30, as a male, that it is normal to lose about a percent and a half of testosterone every year. If, if it's dropping faster than that, it's it's called andropause. And, and it's a pretty simple thing to test on, on a blood test. I, I do it on many of the men that I work with that they're free and direct testosterone is what you want to look at if you're looking at that. And there um, is a study that's done by the Alliance for Aging Research that shows one third of men over the age of 39 report two or more signs of low testosterone. So what does low testosterone look like? It looks like low libido. So most of us know that, like you just don't have the drive. A decrease in muscle mass and an increase in belly fat. Depression can also be another sign of low testosterone a lack of drive and motivation. So those are pretty significant things. They, they lead to just men not feeling good, not feeling like vibrant and vigorous like they used to. Um, the other thing too is we, this is kind of a, I, I say this tongue in cheek, but have you ever heard the term man boobs where as a, a male, you feel like, um, I'm developing like breast tissue, like a female here. That is another sign too of an imbalance between testosterone and estrogen. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. Um, low testosterone has been shown to have an 88% increase in the rate of death in men over 40 compared to the men who have normal levels. And if you, um, if you want to reach out to me, I can give you the, the, 
research reference link for this. It's a PubMed study, which is a peer-reviewed journal. So it's a, it's a credible study. 88% increase risk of death, rate of increase in the rate of death in those over 40 that have low testosterone levels. So this is, it's, it's clearly a big deal. And it, it's a big deal because it's making our men not feel good. And you know, it's just like when mama's not happy, the whole family's not happy. Well, the same thing can be said for dad and, and the men of the family when, when they're not feeling good, they, they just get, if, if you're not healthy, you're not happy many times. And then that, that the family has a huge, there's a huge relational cost to men not feeling well. Testosterone is produced in the testes. Most people know that, but did you know that there's also a fair amount of it produced in the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands are the body's stress handling system. So what this means is that stress is a huge problem. If you're overtaxing and overworking your adrenal glands, then they're not going to produce the testosterone that you need. So I, I feel like that is a huge piece of this puzzle is, is the stress component. And also when we talk about stress, stress tends to elevate a hormone called cortisol. In fact, it's called the cortisol. Cortisol is called the stress hormone and that lowers testosterone. Think of cortisol as the enemy or antagonist to testosterone. Now, you know, there's, there's more to this story. Chronic stress, although cortisol will stay high at first, it can actually lead to a situation where you have depleted all your cortisol. And even though you have low cortisol, you also have low testosterone because your body just can't make anything. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit more too, as we go along, there is a, um, a phenomenon it's called the pregnenolone steel and you can Google this. You can read about it. Um, it what it is, is there is a, a hormone called pregnenolone, and it's a building block for other hormones, uh, progesterone, DHEA, estrogen, cortisol, and testosterone. And to oversimplify this is to say that when our body demands a lot of cortisol because of elevated continuous chronic stress, that it diverts resources that would normally be available to make DHEA and then testosterone. It diverts those resources and turns them into cortisol. So that is why I say that cortisol and testosterone are enemies of each other. And, and that's the phenomenon there. Stress also can cause testosterone to convert to estrogen. There's a, an enzyme called aromatase. And this process is called aromatization. And that's where, you know, I used the term man boobs earlier. And, um, I think you all know what I'm talking about. It's not, it's not a technical clinical term, but it is one that I think gets the point across is that under chronic stress, we can have a conversion that we don't want in men. This can happen in women too, but where instead of DHEA making testosterone, it makes estrogen in larger than normal quality quantities. Although men do and should have some estrogen, it should be 
relatively low compared with testosterone. So the medical solution to low testosterone is to shoot you up with a shot of testosterone, or you can use a cream or a pellet or pick your pick your flavor there. But the idea is, oh, we're low on testosterone. Let's just throw some of it on there. So is this a good idea? Let, let's talk about why it might not be such a great idea. The, the problem with this is that hormones are a negative feedback loop. That means if you take an outside source of a hormone, you actually shut down your body's own production. So that's true. I, I do a lot of work with the thyroid. That's true with the thyroid. It's true with estrogen. It's true with progesterone. It's true with testosterone. That's how hormones work. And that is a very powerful way to come in and sort of overpower your body. It's not really working with your body. Also, it doesn't address why the testosterone got low in the first place. If the underlying cause is the stress or say that you're missing some of the building blocks, the nutritional building blocks that you need to make testosterone, then um, we're, we're not doing anything to fix that. So all of those things are still broken and we're just slapping on some testosterone cream. It ends up being, in my opinion, a Band-Aid that is, you know, I think there's a better way. I, I will say this, healthy hormones are a function of good overall health. And so treating the whole person is, is the right approach here, just like it is with everything. There's a lot of ways we can slap band-aids on and treat symptoms, but we, at the end of the day, functional health is about treating the whole person and having them end up being healthier at the end of the day. So we've got this solution. We've got symptoms on one side of the of the fence, and we've got optimal health on the other side. How do we how do we get across this gap? How do we cross this divide? Well, you know, when, when I work with people, I focus on doing three things. I focus on helping them discover what is going on, and then I help them optimize the things that need addressed, and then maintaining that and turning that into results for lifelong health. So let's talk about what this looks like with testosterone. So we are, we're meeting and we're talking and I'm collecting health information. And that's when I start looking at uh, stress panels. I start looking at um, testosterone on lab tests. I start looking at cholesterol because cholesterol, if you don't have enough cholesterol, that's a building block for pregnenolone that we talked about earlier as the precursor to all the, the sex hormones. So if you, I, I actually see this quite often clinically is that people that are on, they're taking statin drugs and red yeast rice, although it's touted as a natural solution, it functions very much like a statin drug. So red yeast rice, statin drugs, things like that, lowering cholesterol without figuring out why it went high in the first place. Those things, I, I see cholesterol's medicated down. They're so low that people don't have the raw materials to build any of the sex hormones, whether it's in females, the estrogens and the progesterones or in males, the testosterone. So how many times, or maybe this is you, if you're listening, have you heard that, oh, someone went on a, a medication for their cholesterol and then, oh, six months later, they're back in the doctor talking about erectile dysfunction. And that isn't seeming to be working 
the right way that it they want it to. So there, there is a connection. So stuff like that, looking at nutrient levels, antioxidants, you know, the, the testes where testosterone is, is made, we talked about it being made in the testes and the adrenal glands, the, the testes are very sensitive to oxidative damage, which means that if you don't have adequate levels of antioxidants, and we're talking about vitamin C, vitamin E, alpha lipoic acid, CoQ10, glutathione, these types of things, if we don't have enough of these, then we can't combat combat that oxidative damage and that that can affect it as well. So I'm a big, huge fan of nutrient testing for many reasons. But in, in this, when we're talking specifically about this, that's why. So um, we, we look at stress panels if we need to. It's, it's one thing to have a conversation with somebody about, hey, you know, I think you're under stress. You got to do something about that. That that doesn't tend to produce actionable information that a person can can do something with and, and a plan that gets a result. So I also do a lot of stress testing where we look at the level of stress hormones over a 24 hour period and we help someone map out, are they still in the, in the stress response phase where cortisol levels are really high or have, have it, they've been under stress for so long that now these are just depleted because they don't have the resources to make any more, um, of the stress hormone. So we, we know where they are and then we know what to do about it because the solution for someone who's just beginning that stress response and someone who's been dealing with that for years and years looks different. And quite frankly, I don't know how to best help someone without looking at that information and being able to guide them in a really specific um, way. So um, we've already talked about cholesterol and um, testosterone on, on lab tests. Those are things that I look at quite a bit too. Toxic exposure. So um, again, we talked about the, the testes being sensitive to damage by toxins. And there is no shortage of things that are toxic to us that we're exposed to every day, whether it's pesticides and food additives, plastics that we microwave in. We drink water out of plastic water bottles. We've got cleaning products, soaps, deodorants, 5G radiation, environmental pollution, mold. All of those things can be a player. And there's a lot of different ways that we can look at that and evaluate that based on what someone tells me and, you know, what their concerns and their personal history is. And then we take the data, you know, We've collected all this data on a person and the, and the magic happens when we take that data and we do something about it. We turn it into a plan and then we execute on that plan. And that's where things like the right type of exercise comes in really, really handy. Something like a burst or a hit training, heavy weightlifting, those things will stimulate the production of testosterone. So those are things that men want to be doing on a weekly basis, lifting weights and some kind of interval or HIIT training. And then even following those workouts with a high quality free form amino acid supplement is, is really helpful too. We, we talk about sleep. We address that, you know, at least seven and a half hours of sleep per night for optimal health. And hormone health is, is just a function of good overall optimal health. So the, the recommendations for that really aren't different than um, anybody else. Just, you know, 
get to bed, get to bed before 10, sleep seven and a half hours or more if you can, and keep, kick the electronics out of the room and, and get, get into deep sleep. Don't read Facebook right before you go to bed. Those kinds of things really helpful. So we, we take information, we turn it into a plan, we implement that, and, and then we get results when we're dealing with um, really any, th this information applies to any kind of health problem. I'm specifically talking today about testosterone and wanted to, um, I just wanted to speak to the men that are listening to my podcast. I, I tend to um, work more with women, but um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was worth having this, um, this topic because men do have hormones too. So I hope that you found this very helpful. You can uh, check out my website. It's Dr. Jenny, D-R-J-E-N-I.com. Um, if you want more information on what I do and how to connect with me. Thanks for listening.